Welcome to Wizards of Oz, the podcast where I will be interviewing people that I met while I was up at uh, SUNY Oswego in upstate New York. Now, funny enough, this is actually technically the second episode because Sebastian and I actually did an interview, but audio problems prevented us from re- uh, releasing it, so we are going to redo that interview soon. So instead of Sebastian today, I actually have another Oswego alum and a friend of mine. Who am I speaking to on the other side of the microphone? I don't know. You don't know my name? You interview me? You don't know my own name? I want you to introduce yourself, you prick. My name's Matt Jackson. Oh, yeah, it's Matt Jackson. This is this is going well already. <sighs> you gotta be a prick about it, man. I mean, I have to introduce myself, I guess, to the audience. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that'd be nice. It's a nice send-up to it, but you gotta be a little bit of a jerk about it. Always. <sighs> Alright, so as like we were saying that this podcast will be dealing with people who I have met when I was at school and how we became friends and our favorite memories of, of said Oswego. So everybody, we're going north to lace up our skates and click our heels because we're going to deal with the Wizards of Oz. Shanty town called Hop Hog, Long Island, and uh, January 14th, 1990, Deuce. Yeah, Deuce is right, I suppose. <laughs> and if you hear a little bit of a clanging in the background, it's because Jackson thinks he's two faced, flipping a coin right now, thinking he's Billy Badass. I am Billy Badass. <laughs> and do you still reside there? I don't. I recently moved to Schenectady, New York. I am now officially an upstate living New Yorker. Which... Can you spell Schenectady? S C H N E C E T A D Y. Now, we, there is a third person in the room. We have White Kobe in the background shaking his head at the spelling of the town. No, I failed. You missed an E. Oh, I missed an E. C H N E C T A D Y. Where did you go to school? Well, are we talking like elementary school, middle school, high school? And let's let's jump to high school. It's where it's actually things get exciting. Fog uh, <laughs> High School, and then after that, uh, Suffolk County Community College. And followed by that, the lovely SUNY Oswego, which we are at today. How was your experience at Hop Park High School? Hop Park High School was awesome. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I have a lot of good friends still to this day from high school. So uh, I really liked high school. I didn't mind it at all. Very nice. And how did you end up at Suffolk Community College? Um, well, I applied to a bunch of colleges, um, a lot of big name schools. They I, all turned you down. They all turned me down, every single one of them. No. <laughs> Just but, say um, something. Um, I picked up it because I didn't feel like being in debt a lot, and I knew I was working two jobs at the time when I was in high school. <sighs> the wind was like... <laughs> you didn't want to be in what? I didn't want to be in debt right. a lot, uh, heavily in debt. So I chose to go to Suffolk Community College for the first two years mm-hmm. to save some money, work at home, and um, basically I knew they had a very good underground not big name broadcasting program so and that being what I wanted to do with my life Suffolk was just a choice for me how did you know you wanted to do broadcasting wow um couldn't really tell you ever since I was probably I was never one of those kids growing up who was like didn't know what they wanted to do like growing up and then being in high school and people to this day who were just like oh I don't know what I want to do with my life 
I just knew since I was little, I was like, I really want to be a, uh, a on-air TV personality. So, ever since I was little, it was always funny. Like, my parents just knew, like, oh, he wants to go to school to be a broadcaster. So, ever since I was little, I just always aspired to be one. Very nice, very nice. And you get to Suffolk, you get into the broadcasting program. What are your initial thoughts when you get there? Who's this redheaded kid sitting behind me in uh, Lars Hedgeson's class? That was you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met. But, um... Oh, when I got to Suffolk, uh, I'm kind of known among people as the you know, high school, college, is a loud mouth. So, you don't say. I uh, kind of just knew that I'm going to be, oh, I forget the saying, but uh, I forget the saying, I, would go, I can't, I'm blanking. But yeah, I just always knew that I wanted to uh, talk on air, and I set myself pretty, pretty good at it, so... Just knew when I got there, I had to just be myself, and people will like me. If they don't, they don't. So, got me here. Yeah, that's true. Now, like what, like you said, what was probably your biggest lesson that you learned at Suffolk? Suffolk? Yeah. Um, definitely don't be a one-trick pony, I would say, is the best thing that I learned at Suffolk Community College. Mm-hmm. It was um, don't just aspire to be on-air personality. It was make sure if you're a broadcasting major – who wants to get into the field know how to do everything so if someone asks you hey can you show me how to do this with an audio board or a switcher or a camera just be able to expand on the horizon and be able to work anything anybody asks of you in a TV studio and I brought that with me to a studio and I still bring that with me professionally to this day now how's your relationship with the as with like anybody who's gone through Suffolk through broadcasting knows there's one person who runs the department Mr. Al Bernstein what is your relationship like with Mr. Bernstein I thought you were going to say Larry Herzman but I guess Al Bernstein <laughs> 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 all our Suffolk friends would like that joke but um uh, me and I get along very well to this day we talk on the phone I say at least once a month um Al's a man we, we rave about him all the time uh I know, especially our group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, kids at Tunia Swigo know the name Al Bernstein because we would talk about, oh, like, anyone would ask you, oh, like, so you're from Suffolk. Like, how'd you get to be as good as you are? Oh, Al Bernstein. So Al and me are very close. Um, when he was up here, um, excuse me, when he was up at Saratoga Racetrack where he produces uh, horse races, he even contacted me. He, like, wanted to get together. Um, we talked on the phone, at, like, Professionally, like just uh, asked me how WRGB and CBS 6R. Um, he offers his words of wisdom to me. We talk about guys like you and all our other friends who went to Suffolk Community College, asking, like, so how's this going? How's that? How's this person? And I fill him in as best as I can because we're constantly in touch with him. Right. So um, I do my best to keep in touch with Al. He's a very good person to know. Um, there's a lot of people in the industry, very wise. Um, I would say I do aspire to be him. I really like that he's working professionally as a television broadcaster as well as now he was a professor and an advisor now. He does both, mm-hmm. and he's the head chair of the department, so he molds young minds. He likes it. He likes teaching, and he, he's got a special way of doing it. It's uh, his way it's or the little, highway. It's a little out of the box like how most people today are like, they kind of, or at least a criticism of education today is that like participation awards or like, like there's no failures. There's people who all try, and and Al's not the one, not the kind of person who sugarcoat it and stuff like that. Not at all. He'll tell you exactly how it is. If you suck at something, he's gonna tell you you suck at something, and you need to get your 
stuff together. Yeah, but also he's like if he notices that you need to get your shit together, he's not the kind of person to just leave you out in the cold. Like exactly. that. He, he'll be willing to help you as long as you're willing to help yourself. Yeah, it's like go on. Yeah, basically he would. He would go out of his way to make sure you were understanding things. And if not, he he points you. If you're not getting it through him, he points you to your colleagues, like me and you. If like. I don't understand how to do something. He points me in your direction. If you don't get something, he points you in some other student's direction. He right. just ha- has that ability to mesh people together and make sure they all get it, have the same drive, and together move forward. And like the one, the one like really cool things was is like because he would always do the scheduling for us and stuff like that. And then he would, if we had a scheduling problem, he goes right to the phone and say like, "Hey, this person needs this. Can you push it through?" and no problems after that because he would be willing to put himself in line and be able to say this person's worth it and don't worry he's not going to screw up or he or she's going to screw up yeah definitely with like scheduling like you mentioned even when like we transferred to SUNY Oswego he was uh, if you have any problems reach out to this person she's an old uh, contact of mine like she'll look out for you Uh, Jane Winslow is Mm -hmm. the person I'm referring to here at SUNY Oswego with the um, registrar office so it's just good. He's a very good man to like have a, be well, be a contact with and have in your back pocket. You can call any time and know that he'll answer that phone. He'll get back to you and he will do everything he can. You show him respect and he's gonna give you his all and it's awesome. I really appreciate him being in my life. Now, your time at Suffolk Community College is coming to an end, and you like as like people know, people say even an associate's degree nice. But not good enough. Bachelors are definitely a requirement through ninety percent of the jobs in the market today. And you look now. I assume Oswego was not your only choice. Did you look at other schools, or is this the like you putting all your eggs in one basket coming here? Um, I Al said he was like, I, I remember that day he brought like when it's coming down to that time where we it's times up almost at Suffolk. He told us he goes, listen, he goes, this is your options. You can be an idiot and spend fifty thousand dollars a year and go to Hofstra. You could go to Brooklyn. And go get a good education there. He's like, or you can go to SUNY Oswego. And with me, he kind of told me, he's like, you don't have an option. He goes, you're going to SUNY Oswego. You're going to go up there. You're going to kick ass. You're going to take names. And you're going to come out there a better person. And I basically, I trusted Al 100%. I was like, oh, you want me to go to SUNY Oswego? That's where I'm going. And he told me that's where I'm going to get my best education. And that's where I'm going to learn the most. And he was 100% correct. And like, well, obviously I came to Oswego as well. But I didn't, like, I just says parents' suggestion, like, apply to other places. I applied to SUNY Purchase and a few other things. I actually visited Purchase and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, like, the one, like, one, like, silver lining, like, if, like, if I went to Purchase, I was, like, a train, I was, like, two trains away from being home. I'd just take a train down to Penn State, like, Grand Central, walk over to Penn. Get Penn out, LIR, and, 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 Exactly. Versus six hours on the average. Six hours north on Lake Ontario. I always say that it's quicker for me to get to Annapolis, Maryland to see my family than to come here. It's true. And, that's, and you're like, you go into the Mason, near the Mason-Dixon line, too. So I always keep that in perspective to people. Like, <laughs> so how far is it? Like, it's 45 minutes north of Syracuse. And they're like, oh, like, yeah, we're about 75, 75 miles as the bird flies from Canada. <laughs> and so you apply to us, we, you get it, and you come up here your first semester, you move in. What are your initial thoughts? Why am I rooming with Larry frickin' Burgers? <laughs> uh, no, no. I love my squinty uh, Larry. hope Larry Lawrence hears this. Um, oh, he has to. If, if he doesn't, I'll be really tight about it. Um, first initial 
thoughts when I moved up here. It was, all right, it's like, it's college. I'm away. I'm a whole shindig. Parents drove me up, unpacked. Larry wasn't here because I transferred up here in uh, January. Right. So it was in between semesters. No one was up here yet. I moved in early. Larry had his stuff all set up in the room, and there was half a room for me. So I moved my stuff in. Kiss parents goodbye, and I was like, "Well, I'm on my own." And I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna sit in the room all day." So I remember I walked you over to WTOP. Off. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I went over to WTOP and uh, hung out there. And there was actually people there because uh, there were some students who were seniors and juniors with, um, with the upperclassmen there who came up because there was a hockey broadcast that right. they had to do. So there was it was kind of one of those broadcasts where there's nobody in the stands, very few, just a bunch of townies and. I just watched everybody do their thing, and I met a couple people. But, um, yeah, I'd say my concept coming to Oswego was get here. Um, like I said before, earlier, kick ass, take names, and literally just I wanted to make a good impression, let everyone know, like, hey, I'm a five-tool player, athlete, whatever you want to call it. Like, I can, I can do it all. I know all the tricks of the trade, and I really want to be involved, and I'm going to outwork anybody in the room. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like my first thing going in. Like, I want to get involved with the TV station and show them, like, hey, I'm here and I'm going to not take over, but I want to show you that I should be running some things. Now, like, with that kind of attitude that, like, something that Al and, and um, kind of makes sure is that we have that kind of confidence, do you feel like that rubbed people the wrong way initially when you got here? Oh, uh, yeah. Obviously. Um, but I think I do that with a lot of people, honestly. I, I probably... I'll say probably more than half the people I meet initially were like, who is this loud, obnoxious person? But then they get to know me and they think, he's got a good heart. So Still loud, obnoxious, but... Still loud, obnoxious, and it doesn't change ever. But it's like, oh, well, you know, he's got good ideas and he actually cares about you. Sometimes it doesn't come off that way. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember when I went up here, there was kids like Larry Bergen and Justin Cirillo, who... <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to say didn't fit in, but they weren't as brash as I am. And I remember Al say, he's like, go up there and just be yourself. He told, he told me, like, he told me, he's like, be yourself. He's like, the person you are, the character you are. He goes, you know what you're doing. And you have that attitude of, like, I'm going to run you down. Get, like, come with me or get out of my way. And I came up here. I, I'm i not going to say I helped Larry and Justin, but I did my best, the best that I could. I, was, I became the sports production assistant in my second semester here. And because quickly people realized, like, oh, he knows his stuff. So... I think it could rub people the wrong way. Back to the question, I think my attitude does rub people the wrong way. Probably more... So than not? Yeah, more so than not. So, Which I understand. If I mean, I don't know how I would look at it. If someone came up to me with a brash attitude, like, hey, like, how's it going? Like, My name's Tim, and uh, I'm really good at what I do, and I really want to be involved. I don't know if some people look at it and go like, oh, he's a cocky prick. But me, I look at it like, all right, he's got a fire under his ass. Like, that's yeah, good, that's good to see. It. Yeah, let's like prove it. Like, get on air, or work a show. So, I mean, to me, I, I enjoy that. I like people who show that passion and that fire. And some people, I guess, it rubs them the wrong way. And I understand that, but I guess it's just how my thought process works. And it's funny because, like, you're saying that because there's a lot of things that, as of late, because I would think to myself, could I do this? Can I pull it off? And I'm just like, well, what would Matt do? And I'm just saying because because I will say. I was not the most confident person in the world, mm-hmm. but I will say you did still instill a lot of confidence in me, and then just feel like and like people are like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yes, I, I am completely sure about it now because 
if I'm not sure of myself, how am I supposed to? I'm supposed to bring up achieve. people, achieve, like not even just achieve, but like uh, like inspire people to help me with something like mm-hmm. that. If I'm not confident, in it, they're not gonna have confidence in me. As yeah. There's probably an incident on campus right now because I'm hearing all the sirens. I mean, it's only quarter after three. Say that could be called that early. <laughs> I bet you it's Seneca. Does sound like it. Yeah, well, 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 well. <laughs> Uh, it's three fourteen Friday, September twenty fifth. Stayback probably called the Seneca. <laughs> Shocker, we know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, somebody's not lost in the Lanigan Forest right now. <laughs> Memories. Uh, so your first semester commences. Well, you, well, do you remember your classes? Your first semester. Uh yes, I do actually. I remember actually my first classes. Uh, my first class I had was with Jason, Professor Jason Zenner, broadcasting cable, um, and then immediately after that. It was the same professor, same classroom with Jason Center and me and the law. And I remember kids up here were telling me, like, wow, like, those are your first two classes you have up here. And both with Zenner, they're like, that's a challenge in itself right there because those are the upper level, you need these to graduate, graduate classes. And I'm taking it with one of the professors who's very bright and has made his way up the ladder. And he's actually a lawyer and a professor, so he knows his stuff. So it was cool having a class with uh, Professor Zenner, and we got along very well, which was good. Much like Bernstein, that he knows how good he is, and he has a certain expectancy, uh, expectancy of his students, but he's also willing to help them. And I think my favorite memory was, I forget which class, I, I didn't take law with him, but I took another one with him, and it was... With the Zenner? End, yeah, with Zenner. Right. And it was... Um, and the uh, final project was to, to do like a graphic to like supposed to kind of like satirize certain um, uh, workmen, not workmen, but um, work practices of certain companies. So Tom Lachlan, who helped me with a graphic for, it was making fun of the company that's in China that um, manufactures iPhones and like how they have suicide uh, blankets and stuff like the uh, wire and stuff like that. So people who jump, they can get caught and then go back to work and so the graphic was of like like the silhouette uh, uh, Apple logo a guy with a briefcase jumping off a building and has like lowercase <laughs> i and then big Q quit and I'm just like I quit and it's like and Zenner was just like that's the most depressing thing I've seen this early <laughs> in the morning thank you Mr. Rooney <laughs> and I ended up getting a B in that class what other classes did you take in your first semester? let's see broadcasting cable media and the law um those are two big ones other than that um, trying to think. Oh, understanding evolution, uh, which was a class with Judith Bell, who is the head of the like. What, what, understanding evolution. It was like it wasn't like a science class. It was kind of like a. It was a philosophy. Nah, philosophy yeah, philosophy. Yeah. Okay. A psychology class. Okay. And she was the head of. The, she, I'm not saying she reminded me of Al, but she was the head of the chair and a professor. So I remember I was the only broadcasting student. In the class, like every, it was one of the classes where you walk in, like everyone knows each other. Right. But I'm the kid who knows nobody. It's right. Like, I, I sat down and like just at a random table, met some, made some friends. And people probably like he's gonna. Drop and they looked at the us like week. they looked at. Oh, they gave me some looks like who the hell is this kid? Like he's not one of us. Like oh, right. he's gonna be a transfer student who's uh, becoming a psychology major, and that was the opposite of the transfer student who's a communications major. But that class, very. So I recommend that class to a bunch of people. I recommend it to Anthony Verone. Anthony and uh, <laughs> Eric Dietrich and a bunch of people because it's a very it was a very inspiring class that instilled the mindset in you of your wants versus your needs and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Now, as people know, um, us especially you, that you like to frequent certain 
alcohol-serving establishments in town. And did you start going to the shed in your first semester? I did. <laughs> I went to the shed my first semester with Tim LeMay, who was a se- it was his senior year. It was my um, I missed him. I haven't seen him in junior. forever. Tim's in Buffalo now. He's doing very well. Right. Um, but yeah, my first semester, I was brought to the shed. And I actually did very bad my first semester. I got like a 2.2 grade point average. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I did very bad. Um, because I was drinking way too much. And you know it, that says something when Mr. Uh, Liver of Steel over here says, I've been drinking way too much. Yeah, I was drinking probably Wednesday through Sunday on a constant basis. Monday, Tuesdays, I didn't drink, but Wednesday was the shed. Thursday was the shed in Old City. Friday was the shed in somewhere downtown. And it was just constantly drinking. Sunday was Sunday fun day. We'd watch football all day and drink. And yeah, Tim LeMay brought me to the shed, introduced me to the bar manager, who we all know, Terry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he introduced me to his friends who are from here, Pat Schaefer, Nicole Sivers. Um, I met the owners, uh, Scott and Sarah, and the hockey team. They were a, uh, that was their place. They, it still is. It's like kind of like their place they go to to drink. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the closest bar off campus. You can walk there. You don't need to take the D-Bus so everybody congregates down there exactly so that was my bar of choice it still is to this day love it to death and yeah so my first semester was involved a lot of alcohol i would frequent the shed five days out of the week it was bad (laughs) but enjoyable i made a lot of good friends on the hockey team and to this day like the bar managers and tim and his friends so it's still kind of it's very cool now i don't regret it what was your biggest you say your achievement your first semester Biggest achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say just making friends as fast as I think I did. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, on the first day, I went to the TV station, made friends with uh, Jared Lamb, uh, Joe Noel, Tim LeMay. Uh, those are the three names that stick out to me the most, who I befriended on my first day. But I would say my biggest accomplishment of my first semester was uh, not failing out for how much partying <laughs> I did. And... Um, Adjusting well, basically just um, going up to this college, proving that I can live on my own, drink like a fish, and still pull, pull a 2.2 GPA, which wasn't very good. But uh, I'm very happy with the friends I made and how quickly I, I made them. So I'm thankful for kind of my brash attitude for leading me in that direction. And you'd say, like, it's, I don't want to use maybe the word regrets the right word, but I guess saying drinking way too much and like getting the two point two is probably your biggest like disappointment of the first semester. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when I say regret it, it's no, but it's kind of like my one little hiccup. I say in my four semesters up at Oswego was I drank a little too much my first semester, part a little too much, and my grades suffered. But I bounced back and got high threes my rest of my time here. So okay. I would say it was a little bit of regret, a little bit. So, and then you move on to your second semester, which is the fall semester, and that is fall 2013. 2013. Now, you continue to live with Larry, but you now move into a different room. Now, we move, and people who know this, but we move into the suite of Cayuga Hall, which is like the front left building. What was it? 103S, baby. 103S, where everybody and anybody who was friends with us would end up there at least once a week. And if you visited, that's the most place you probably crash because it'd just be easier to do that. And I think at one point 
I don't think it was. Uh, it might have been the that semester or the following one. We had like I think seventeen people in there one at one point. Yeah, the RAs got used to us real quick. That was the room to be. And you were like the RAs were never shitty with you. No, I made it a kind of like a, a standout. Like, hey, I'm a I'm a twenty one year old transfer. When I first came in, I was a twenty one year old transfer. I was like, I'm gonna be drinking in here. I'll do my best to keep the noise down. No promises, and just. They're people. That's how I looked at RAs. Like they're people. Like they understand. Like I was a twenty-year-old kid fresh into college, so right. I did less than what a rowdy jackass frat douchey kid living in a dorm, uh, dorm would do. So right. I made sure they knew. Like, listen, I'm a down earth kid. Tell me I'm being too loud. I'll turn it down. I'm gonna be loud though. No promises. If you want to hang out with me, come play some Mario Kart. Chill. Yeah. Now it's the one thing that like you say, a frat douchebag. Because like if you joined a frat. You would probably be the atypical frat person because of your personality and your partying lifestyle. And some people, like, I think uh, either my friend Zach or Vicky, like, said that we are kind of uh, us suffering people now, us we go alights, that we are kind of like our own little fraternity amongst ourselves. Agreed. And do you think that's, and like a lot of people say fraternity is a bad thing, do you think that's a bad term to associate us with? No. Or? Fraternity to me means brotherhood. That's yeah. how I look at the over. If you tell me honestly, tell you what fraternity means, it means brotherhood. I think joining a fraternity, you know my standpoint on that. But for those who don't, it's kind of like I think it's you're buying friends. I think it's like uh, I don't know how to make friends. I like drinking heavily. Let's see if these kids like want to accept me. Because it's like I don't know. I look at that like I don't know. I look down on it a little bit. But right. The but the overall meaning of fraternity is a brotherhood or a sisterhood. Mm. Um, gotta be politically correct. So I'd say it's like politically correct or ascending the stairs right now anyway. Yeah. So um, to look at the Suffolk crew as a fraternity, hell yeah! I mean, we were a bond that couldn't be broken. It, there's kids like me who brash and loud. There's kids like Pup who we have to pull some weight on every now and then. So yeah, um, yeah I consider us like a fraternity. We went, you know, we we were just like we always say, like we were a group of kids who in high school probably would have been close, but. No. We went through stuff together, we all went to school together, and we stick together, and that's what, I guess, fraternity means. We are by each other's size and a brotherhood. Now, your second semester, fall 2013, what are the big classes that you were taking? <sighs> Drank so much my first semester, I don't remember now. <laughs> um, I think we had, we had an online... U.S. politics with Ruddy. Yes, we, uh, you had, you had Ruddy, but we have a class, I think, in fall 2013. I'm trying to remember, honestly. It was an online class. Not gonna lie, classes are a little bit of a memory. Yeah, <laughs> a distant memory. Um, <laughs> we were saying that about classes when we got here. Like, yeah. have to walk around campus, and we don't know, we don't have to really deal with the word class because we're just us being hangarounds and kind of a, uh, calling I ourselves took, alone. Uh, yeah, all I know is I took like a an astronomy type class. Mm-hmm. It wasn't astronomy. It was kind of like a uh, an evolution type class, like Darwinism stuff like that. I've been right. in but uh, I did that. I had a communication, uh, group interaction and discussion class, which is a, is like a comm class, like learning, learning how to work in groups and like meetings and stuff like that. Um, as well as I think U.S. politics with Ruddy, and it's probably a couple more. But those are the ones I really kind of remember. Now, what would you say would be your highlight for that semester? The second semester being there, uh, definitely would be being uh, announced as the sports production assistant because. Dan, this is when my one of my probably my best friend I made up here. Dan, I became sports director, and he chose Matt Stone to be his production assistant. 
which is basically like your right hand man. Yeah. Um, and me and Dan were close. I wouldn't say we were as close as we are now. Right, right. But uh, me and Dan were close. And then when Matt Stone uh, didn't feel like kind of doing it anymore, he kind of just lost interest in it. Which uh, is... It happens. Yeah, no, no, things happen. Matt like, was doing like an RA things, and he couldn't be there as much, couldn't be really committed, but that happens. It's understandable. Everyone has their own stuff going on they have to deal with. But uh, yeah, then Dan came to me and was like, hey, I want you to be my production assistant. And that was like the highest honor I can get. I was like, wow, I'm a transfer student who has been here for only a couple months, my, my one, one semester in me. It's my second semester, and it's just starting, and they asked me to be a sports production assistant, which to me was a high honor. And some people will like, look at that title like, oh, you're just a production assistant. But to me, it was like, no, I proved that like I can be in charge and be the one who, be the one who has to train people. And it's a big, to me, it was a big responsibility. I appreciated the, uh, the offer, and I ran with it. So that's definitely the highlight point of my second semester. Um, like one of like my favorite moments of that semester is because, um, since like I want to make movies and stuff like that and make short films while we're up here, and one of my favorite moments is when we participate in the Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, Good made times. a movie, and the following week once we had submitted, that's when they had the showcase in the auditorium and stuff like that, and I had a, I had pretty much the whole row was just our friends, and that. And you guys were helping with like the like the big like cheers and stuff like that for all the funny moments like squeak squeak the, <laughs> um, and then like it was my birthday that day yep. and we didn't win any uh, we didn't win any awards even though, like begrudgingly so we uh, I was upset about that but then we we're like let's go downtown we're gonna have fun for your birthday and stuff like that and you picked me up a little bit then that really was like yeah. I had a good time making it and I had fun with like showing it uh, all that mattered and then I said. I got the biggest reaction to everybody in the theater right there. So, and like, and I always say, when the fathers of the judges like turned around, it's like, that was yours? And like, yeah. And like, well, at least I knew what was going on. I got to understand what was going on. It's like, well, there we go. So, versus like, we're, like uh, my, my criticisms of the film program here is like, it's style over content. Everybody just wants to make art films. And which I, I like to say, you're allowed to do that. That's your way of expressing. Like, like how can ha- Yeah, like I said, like, I can't really. I don't hate him on that, but I'm just like, I don't know how you're going to get a job with that, but that's just me. Uh, uh, Kermit drinking tea. Like, that's just my opinion right <laughs> that's there. That's just what I'm going to do. <laughs> now, um, second semester, biggest disappointment? Biggest disappointment? Um, Probably knowing that I got a position of power where I could be the one to assign who... As a production assistant, deciding who did what in the TV station for live sports, and knowing that one of my best friends, Justin Cirillo, was gone, uh, I think it's probably my my most upsetting moment. It was like, as a one semester, I was put into a position of power where I control who does what, and I wasn't gonna play favorites, but I got there, and my buddy Justin wasn't Justin, who was my sidekick at Suffolk Community College. We did. Every broadcast, we were the two on-air talents, um, Sebastian as well, but Justin was my first one, like go-to on-air person, and I envy how well he prepares himself for on-air broadcasts, and he was gone. He had His last semester was my first, so it kind of sucked knowing, like, I can't, I, I, I feel like he was treated unfair a bit when he was here, because kids look at him and hear his voice, and... They don't give. They don't bat an eye to think how good the kid really is. So, 
it sucked knowing like, oh, I'm in the position of power and my buddy Justin, who I want to give the opportunity to, to go on air, kick ass, and show everyone like, this is what you missed out on, and he was gone. So that was probably my most upsetting moment of my second semester. And like how much of that I'm saying, on several other podcasts, I bust his chops and stuff like that. But when he's like, and I guess you say like, uh, he has to deal with the kind of perceived notion about him that mm-hmm. yet he he not just he doesn't just show up he shows up and takes a show and very much and like like drop of the hat and if something like changes he's he always rolls with it never has any problems with it because he is like you said so prepared for it and that like you and him and several other our friends are just born broadcasters and they just have those kind of instincts mm-hmm. and I can, I can understand where you're coming from with that. I'll never forget um, when me and Justin got our first internship together for the Suffolk Juniors ice hockey team on Long Island, and um, I knew him through Suffolk a little bit. It was my my first semester at Suffolk Community College, so I knew him a little bit. And Al knew that me and Justin were like kids who wanted to be on air personalities for hockey, so he got us an internship with the Suffolk Juniors, and we showed up uh, separately with the Suffolk Juniors and uh, the gentleman named Ron Kinnear. I was like, hey, uh, so you guys going to be the on-air people, blah, blah, blah. He has to run down everything. And he goes, first game's this state. And me and Justin got each other's numbers. And we're like, hey, like, so I was like, Justin, you can do play, play the first game. And I'll do color commentary. Deal. I'll never forget. I showed up at the rinks in Hop Hog, New York, where I grew up playing ice hockey. And we showed up. And I was like, wow, this kid's got like, a folder and all, like, all these notes. And boom, we went live. And Justin absolutely, like, you look at Justin, you hear his voice, and you're like, oh, okay. But then you just listen to him where he says during a broadcast, and it's mes- I'll never forget. Like, my jaw dropped. I looked at him, and I was like, wow, this kid is fucking talented. So articulate with it, whatever he's dealing with. It was this instant chemistry, instant amazing broadcast, and I, I envied it, and I still do to this day. And now you move on to your third semester, my last semester, Spring of 2013. What are your big classes of that semester? Not much. <laughs> um, I was taking sports broadcasting. That was probably like my most fun class that I enjoyed the most. Um, sports broadcasting. Media uh, copywriting. Media copywriting. Um, pop culture and politics. Um... Those are the ones I really remember. I took like I think maybe six classes that year. But I don't really remember all of them. How were those classes? The three that you specified: um, pop culture and politics, which was run by a feminist. Um, you don't remember her name? She's just labeled as. A I feminist. can tell you what she looks like, but I can't tell you what her name was. She was a feminist, mean person. <laughs> um, I did not enjoy that class at all. Um, I mean, it happened just to disagree on everything. She made everything about racism and f- just. I remember this one time we were watching The King of Queens, which is a, I think, a funny show with Kevin James. And we watched a scene, I'm sitting there giggling my ass off in the back row. And she just turns, pauses, and she goes, Do you see the sexism in this? And I'm like, Fucking guy goes to work for UPS or a driver or whatever, comes home, his wife makes him dinner, and he wants to have sex. I'm like, I do not see the feminism in this. No. No. So, me and her didn't get along very well. Uh, I get a B in the class because I was good with my words, I guess. But um, she made me respect your tenacity for it. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, and sports broadcasting was awesome because Sebastian, my roommate, was uh, my TA. <laughs> so we got that was a very good time. 
Uh, like I was saying, media copywriting where we had Professor Neckritz and was pretty much talking about marketing in Our, a broad... My broad, favorite professor probably here. Yeah, I probably like he, him... And then two film professors, uh, Jake Dodd and Josh Ann, they're like they're like those three are really close to me, like mm-hmm. my favorite professors here. Now, there's a really funny story because we didn't we only had one test in the class and throughout the like build up to it, like, oh like oh here are some review questions, here's something that's gonna be on the test, like you would mention at the end of class, so we'd all take note of it, as well as We'd all be friends with, like, we're always following him on Twitter and stuff like that. That was, like, yeah. the first thing, that was, like, the first thing to do. Like, follow me on Twitter. If you don't have Twitter, make one follow me. Just for, just for the scent of this class if you don't have it. Yeah. Now, we all have a study session. Yep. We tweet at him that we're studying. What happens? If I remember correctly, uh, he tweeted back at us. I know he tweeted back at us. I'm trying to. I'm drawing a blank on what he said exactly. You probably remember that. I think. I think. Yeah. I think he was just. He was happy. He was glad that we're that we're studying and stuff like that. And he even had like a, a smart Alec remark about it or something like that. But it was nothing. It was like all right. We're like we're all feeling good. We study. We feel good. We take the test. Sorry for like noise in the background, everybody. Like we are in somebody's house that we are do not are we're not residents of, and we're just occupying a space for this recording. We're broken, yeah, pretty much. The cop, the, those sirens are for the the hostage <laughs> negotiator for us. <laughs> um, we don't like we have like an average of like seventy for that test. I'd say so. And then we're just like, huh, a lot of hot air for nothing. Well, not not nothing, but like we were we were all expecting higher marks because it was you, Chris Lewin, myself. Was there a fourth? Joe Wilcox was in the class. Was Joe Wilcox was in the class, but was he part of the study session? No. Study session just has to be. Okay. And it was, but yeah, Wilcox was in the class. Um, Sonny Goldbaum was in our class. Joe Columban. Jesus. You mentioned the, the unmentionables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then we're just like, huh. Well then, maybe and then that's why I think like for like the final projects we were just like all right let's really knuckle down because we don't want to just we want to walk the walk not just talk the talk when it comes to grades in this class even though we were all knew we we're pretty much going to get A's in the class yeah um comes to the end of my term here at Oswego um, were you asked to do the coverage for the graduation I was not really no uh, I kind of made like a point. I guess, or a persona about me. I didn't want to get involved in, like, big special production broadcasts, like the Aussies and the graduations and... Why is that? I just thought they were poorly run. I thought every time that they were being done, I was like, I was like, it's so much mass confusion among everybody. I was just like, you know, I wasn't hating on the people running it. I wasn't hating on the actual broadcast himself. I just thought... Every time there was a huge production like that, it was just people running around with like chickens with their heads cut off, and I was like, I don't want to be involved in this. I was like, I'd rather just lean back. I don't need the experience. I don't need the anxiety of TDing or working a camera for a production that I wasn't fully behind in supporting. And you don't think with your personality and your experience going into it, you don't think you could have ran it better if need be? Oh, I could have. I feel like I probably could have run it better, but I don't. I was never. I as a transfer, you're not asked right. to run a production like that. Right. You kind of like is known as a person who can 
worth a position. You're not asked to run it. That's kind of for people who've been here for the three, four years, put their time in. Right, right, which right. Which is understandable. I don't, I don't bash that at all. You've been here longer than I have. I'm just a transfer, so. Gotcha. And so, like I was saying, comes to end with my term and stuff like Closing that. times. <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, so, I graduate. So does Larry and stuff like that. We leave. I remember... Because Dan and I stayed behind to do part, be part of that broadcast, and he's standing up in like where we would have in like the perch, right? In the perch, and I could see on his face, so, like even though like he's kind of like out of focus and I can't tell the detail, I could just see just a really solemn look on his face right there, and because I'm like, oh Dan, you're not making it easy right now. And I remember Dan's I, a big baby. He, he totally is, but we love him regardless. And I remember I didn't say goodbye to the many people. I should have stuck around more. Like that was just me, my family. It's like. Took a few pictures, said goodbye to a few people, and then, and it was really funny. As I said, I may say on another podcast, it's like when my sister graduated SUNY Oneonta, she did not pack before we got there. Nothing, and then garbage taken out, so we had to help her pack. And then women, yeah, and then like she had That's this like out. 1988 Volvo sedan, like really old one. So we, and my parents' car. So my parents go in there, and it's like, um. Steph, my sister, who's graduating, my sister Eileen, myself, and Fred, who would go on to be my sister Steph's uh, husband. And so much stuff is in the car that I can't see my sister Eileen who's sitting next to me. Like, that's how cramped the car is. But then when it came to me graduating, it was like, um, I had already packed pretty much everything. It was pretty much 10 minutes with the car moving and everything in. Out of here. Yeah, and they were like, and they even like, we stopped and noticed, like, huh. That was a lot easier. I'm like, yeah, because I only have one box of non-essentials. I have my DVD collection and stuff like yeah. that. Everything else was like, all right, computer, clothes, and everything. And that's all I needed. And so I, I, I leave following semester. Your last semester. What are the classes that you're taking? Well, my last semester went from being a joke to uh, probably my most difficult semester. It was planned for me to be doing only like four classes. It was... Going to be health and science applied to coaching, ice hockey coaching, uh, history of sports, and I forget what the fourth one was. I forget. But that's when I found out that when I went to get my senior check form done, to basically my final paperwork to graduate, it was my advisor who was a schmuck tells me, oh, you need, I forget what it was, like 11 more credits. And I was like, how could that be? He goes, oh, just what it says. I, was, I freaked out at him. I was like, how can that be? I was like, it's my last semester. Now you just, I'm like, my schedule was made. I was good to go. And now you're telling me this? So I kind of freaked out at him. Um, so I had to go to registrar. 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 <laughs> tell him, like, hey, I need three more classes. And they were like, you know, I'll push you with 21 credits. And I said, I don't care. I need to take 21 credits then because I'm not taking... They, they try just spitting it on me like, no, nah, well, you know, you can take six classes, which is 18 credits, and then you could uh, take one in the winter. And I was like, no. I was like, you're not understanding me. I was like, I'm taking all of them this semester, so I'm done as soon as that December 16th date hits. So they were like, well, if you want that, which is the way over the exceeded limit allowed, I had to speak with the assistant dean. So I had to have a meeting with the assistant dean. I told her, listen, and I told her how, like, basically spun the story on this podcast. I said, listen, my first semester, you look at it, it says 2.2. You think, wow, what the hell is this kid? Like, this is why you're not graduating yet. And I told him, I was like, I drank a lot this semester. I was a first semester transfer. 
And then look at my next two semesters. I got 3.8 and 3.8 my back-to-back next semesters. I'm, I, like, I was a schmuck starting out because they obviously have to look at your entire body of work uh, academic-wise when doing these kind of special cases, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I was like, listen, I'm like, I'm not going to fuck up. I'm like, it, I'm taking, I'm looking at my schedule now. I'm taking history of sports, sports, um, history of sports, ice hockey coaching. I'm like, I'm taking... And that's when the awkward moment started. Well, because at that point, because... This is a little editor's note here that um, <laughs> that the audio recorder that I was using, batteries died on me. I thought I thought I had enough power to get to the podcast, but apparently not. Now, Matt and I did finish the podcast eventually, but it wasn't until like the following week we did via Skype. So there will be an audio change, and I hope that is not too distracting to everybody. So, Matt, what happened with the Dean? So it took like two or three days for her to get back to me, but she sent me an email, hey, come to my office today, blah, blah, blah. And I went and met with her, and she approved it. So she approved it. Then I, it was like a ladder. So I, she approved it. Then I go sit with like the head of the advisors, letting her know that the assistant dean approved it. And then I had to go back to my advisor, who I was very close to just strangling in his own, <laughs> his own fucking office. Very close. He just wanted to punch the guy in the face, but I held back. And, um, yeah, so he was like, oh, well, I guess you just have to find some classes now. And I was like, ha-ha, double middle finger, goodbye. So I remember I went back to my room, and I told Sebastian, who was my roommate at the time, and I was like, all right, Savvy, what classes are you taking? So <laughs> all I did was I, I was like, Sebastian, what classes are you taking? That one? I'll see if I can join that. Oh, look at that. And it was um, some literary, literary literacy class. I forget. So I joined that with Sebastian, and I texted Dan I, like, hey, what class are you taking? Oh, cool, I'll join that one with you. I just made sure that I was joining classes. Where, if need be, I had a friend who I could go to be like, hey, I forgot to work. What the hell do I have to do? Or I can just check on with them. Being right. Dan, Dan would have been the best choice because, God forbid, he did any work. But anyway, <laughs> zinga! <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was, um, went from being a very easy semester to me having to stay on top of everything and be on the ball my last semester. But I think it helped me out in the long run. It showed how much I can really handle with all that going on and graduation up. On the uh, brink and uh, T.O.P. T.O.P. <laughs> so th- this all, I guess, happened all within the first week of you getting back for your last semester. This is all has gone down like that add and drop period. Yeah, it was within the first two weeks of uh, classes for sure. Now, did you tell your folks about this or did you keep it on the down low and let you handle it and then tell them later? Oh, no. I remember – I vividly remember walking to – the assistant dean's office, when I first found out about this, on the phone with my mom, freaking out, telling her everything that's happened, da-da-da, and my mom being, like, trying to calm me down, like, like oh, well, you know, you'll get it, figure it out, blah, 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 let me know what happens, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember, polar opposite, my dad, I called him, <laughs> like, after I got out of the like, her office, and I had to, like, wait two days to hear back, and my dad's like, what a bunch of fucking idiots, he's fucking, God, we're paying all this fucking money for this, and, I'm, and he answered me, I'm like, I know, I know, we're gonna fucking kill my goddamn advisor. <laughs> so, my dad is me, so, like, just throws people on the fire, like, what do you mean, you're paying all these fucking money, and they're not gonna do this to you, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, like, all scrappy do, like, just, yeah, and I'm like, let me hit somebody, let me hit somebody. Oh man, I remember he was probably just as pissed as I was. Like, you give me the goddamn fucking phone number of who I need to scream at. And I'm like, I'm gonna scream at him. I got it, Dad. <laughs> so my parents, my mom being the saint she is, sometimes just calm me down. Like, you're gonna be fine, relaxed. And my dad just polar opposite. I love it. So 
I remember telling them both immediately and letting them know what happened. And I told them, like, oh, yeah, it's all figured out. And, like, my mom was like, oh, that's good. See, I told you to work out. My dad's like, that's so bullshit. You got to take all these classes. Like, what the fuck's their problem? They're still screwing you over. Fuck them. Fuck this. And I was like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> like I've had those kind of moments where things are kind of screwed up and stuff like that. And I'm like, my parents will call me and like, is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Everything's fine. And stuff like that. Squeak clean. I hang up the phone. I'm just like shaking. Like, all right, what the hell am I going to do now? <laughs> and luckily all the things are kind of panned out that way. Now, so you're taking all, you're, you're taking all these classes. What, um, what was the workload for those classes? Were, was it as bad as you thought, or was it actually relatively easy? I wasn't really mad about the whole, I had to take seven classes in my last semester. It was kind of more the concept of why did this happen? Why did this lead to this? Like, I thought I was on the path to graduating, and you're telling me I had to take three or four more, I don't remember the exact numbers, three or four more classes, basically, to graduate. Like, I was, like I said, I was taking history of sports, ice hockey coaching, and what else were the other classes I was taking that were easy? I forget all the names of them. It's been almost a year now, but... Basically, I, adding these three or four more classes I had to add, um, it was basically like taking only three or four classes because I didn't consider ice hockey coaching a class to me. That was just a walk in the park. Show up, hang out, walk in the park. Gotcha. His, history of sports, again, walk in the park. There, but there was classes like Earth's Fury that I think all of us Suffolk kids have taken through, like just passing. They're like, oh, yeah, do this class. It's a joke. You'll get by it. So it wasn't really... The workload, it was, a, I'm not going to say it wasn't a hard workload, because it was. It was seven classes that I had to keep on my mind, and when it gets to, like, midterms and finals, like, knowing, like, okay, I have to actually study for this, and this, and this, and this. So, I'm not going to say it was an easy workload. There was a lot of work to be done, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, taking seven classes wasn't all that bad, because I'll say three of them were just show up, and I was going to get an A or a B if I actually put in work, so... Right. I wasn't. It wasn't me being mad at the whole concept of I have seven classes. This workload is going to kill me. It's more of like, why the fuck did it lead to this? But I'm going to show them. I'm going to get a good, good GPA this semester and prove it to them. Like, ha ha, Henry Mejia, suck it. That was my, <laughs> that was my advisor. Uh, um, I I actually dodged the bullet on Earth Fury because like my counsel, uh, my advisor uh, said like you should take that and I I asked a few people like who have taken they're like no it's a, it's really hard or difficult and I'm like I'll take another communications class <laughs> instead I'd rather do that to deal with Earth Earth Fury yeah Earth Fury was uh, basically I'd have like the work during the week was easy like, discussion work and that was easy I'd get A's on all those but then the tests and the quizzes were just really really difficult I'm not gonna lie but I would literally. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a laptop in college, that, so I would literally text Tones or Deeds and be like, hey, I have an Earth, or we would go to lunch, and I'd say, hey, Earth's Fury quiz or test I have to do, can I borrow your laptop? And I would sit in Tones' room and on the laptop, and he'd be sitting on his bed, jammed on his guitar, and we would, I would do the test, I'd be like, do you want me to answer? And he would be like, oh, it's either this or this, and I'd be like, all right, blindfold, click. I got it right, <laughs> and, I'll, and you can ask him to this day. I'll never forget. We took the uh, I took the final in his room with Tones and Deeds sitting there, like I will help you out. And the first part, like seven questions, I was like, "Oh, like, do you know it?" No, I was like, "Guess," bing, and I would just guess the first seven questions, and I got all seven of the first questions right. I'll never forget that because I was like, <laughs> "I'm like Steph Curry with a shot, boy, click, bang, I got it right, guys." <laughs> and that happened for like the first seven or eight questions and but i ended up doing very well in the class i think i got a b nice nice now oh. like, like you're saying 
what was your biggest, I guess, accomplishment with TOP in your last semester being there with uh, all this going on? Let's see. The last semester of TOP, a lot happened. Um, I was training Morgan to be my replacement, so that was kind of a big honor. I was like, all right, I'm passing off the reins. Like, I've been the sports PA for three – this is my third semester being sports PA. Like, so training Morgan to, like, be my replacement, which only lasted one semester. Um, but anyway – Training her to be my replacement was a big thing. I looked forward to. I liked teaching her first. Like, all right, this is how you send the crew list. This is how like you decide who should do what. Right. Um, so that was a big one. Other than that, I mean, we had the USA U18 hockey team come into Oswego and play the Oswego State Lakers men's team. That was like one of the preseason games. So that was huge. Being able to call that and see guys like Austin Matthews, who's going to be probably the number one draft pick in the NHL next year. So being able to do a game calling my hometown college team against kids like Austin Matthews was pretty phenomenal to call that. So that was probably one of the biggest um, achievements, I'd say, of my collegiate career and my last semester. And then even on top of that, we had the Frozen Dome broadcast, which was when Syracuse, oh, excuse me, uh, Sligo played Utica in Syracuse University uh, Carrier Dome. So we had some really, really big broadcasts that year so my last semester was full of wows because shit like that isn't going to happen again probably for a very long time at Oswego and being able to be on the air color commentary alongside Dan and I with that was just phenomenal I remember Dan stressing out about these games and I kept commenting down like dude it's just another hockey game we're calling like yes it was a big broadcast we were working with Time Warner Cable but it was like dude like relax it's just a hockey game like we're just gonna show up put on our headsets and talk hockey and it, that's all it was they were both amazing the u18 hockey game usa u18 hockey game at uh us video and then the carrier dome game with us and Utica, both probably the highlights of arguably my college career and uh that last semester for sure now like they're saying like you need to have those kind of like grounding moments because i know like as like Lewin and Sebastian said, like that that game at, at in Syracuse, you're just like, yeah, you just gotta just gotta take it to how it is. If you build it up too much, you're just gonna ratchet up the stress in you, and it's just gonna be uncontrollable. Um, I mean, even like when we were doing like our first semester projects in TV production at, at with Bernstein, it was just like one of those things that like everybody gets stressed out about, but like just gotta go in there on the day and just do it as a regular broadcast and hope and do your damnedest with that. Now. One thing, like, since we're doing this recording and it's near Halloween, was Halloween, your last semester, anything spectacular? Or was it just, like, another weekend where everybody just got shit-faced? <laughs> My last Halloween was, um, uh, video was, I was squint from, uh, Sandlot. <laughs> and and uh, Nicole Sivers was my Wendy Peppercorn, and I loved it. We were in a costume contest. We didn't win the costume contest, but we were one of the few people who were chosen to be nominated into the costume contest at the Shed. And we lost to the Oswego drinking team, which was a group of, like, 15 people who all had, like, matching outfits on. I mean, it was kind of creative, but do I think they should have won? No. But, I mean, <laughs> uh, other than that, like, we were really creative. Like, we were, I, was, I remember I wore um, a Justin Verlander Detroit jersey. I had these glasses that, like, I poked the uh, lenses out of that I wore. And I wore my Detroit backwards baseball cap, and she rocked the Wendy Peppercorn lifeguard outfit to a T. It was very fun. So that was a very good Halloween, I think. Nice, nice. Now, as the semester like comes to an end, 
and graduations on the horizon. What are your feelings as you're approaching graduation, as your final as your finals are being finished and stuff like that? And you have that week to yourself until the graduation. How are you feeling? <laughs> well, I remember that when I finished my last final, um, I put a plastic bag over my fire alarm and sparked up a cigar and <laughs> smoked my cigar <laughs> in my suite because I said, I don't give a shit, I'm graduating. So that was hysterical. And I remember Sebastian walking into the room and being like, God damn it, you're really doing this. <laughs> it was like noon. It was like right when everyone comes to the suite to go to lunch. I'm sitting there by the window with the fan blowing it out the uh, window. I'm just puffing on this fat cigar. <laughs> And that was pretty funny. But um, <laughs> leading up to graduation, I remember like the entire probably last semester. I wouldn't say the entire last semester, but the last couple of months, I was like, I was so ready to graduate. I'm like, listen, I love everybody here. We're not going to see each other probably for a while, but we'll stay in touch. But I'm just so ready to go. I'm like, I'm so ready to go make money, have a nice looking bank account. I'm not going to say the shed got boring and seeing the same people over and over again got boring, but I was just so ready to be done with it. No more classes, no more school i was like uh i wasn't sick of the partying but i was just ready i was very ready to graduate months before graduation and i remember i kept saying that and then it all hit me on probably i think it was the night before we all left or the second uh, yeah it was the night before we all left we're all there like everybody was at the shed and everyone's hugging each other like it's like 1 a.m like or 2 a.m like it's, cl- it's closing time the closing, closing time, time. <laughs> <laughs> like that's playing. Everyone's like, so, like, like little by little, people are leaving, saying goodbyes, dabbing each other up, hugging each other. And I forget. Like I remember, like Ashley Barker and Olivia Eugenia were like, "You made sports a place where I felt welcomed." I remember those two were like really poured their hearts out to me, like, "Thank you for making the sports department what it is." Like if it wasn't for you, like we would never have all the sports that like, you gave us chances to work positions, direct this and that. So I remember, I'll never forget that. Like those two really. Hit me good in the heart. I was like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "Feels." I don't. I don't show feels. <laughs> and I remember saying goodbye to like, who was it? I think it was. It was someone before Dan. I think. I think it was Wilcox. I was saying goodbye to, and I like held him good. I was like, "Oh, I don't care if you're Master Pico. I love you. I'm gonna see you soon." <laughs> I'm like, "Just hold me for a second. And then uh, Dan, me and Dan were just like, "Yo, faggot." Catch you later. <laughs> like, there was no emotion there because me and Dan know we're gonna be friends for fucking life. It was just like, yeah, whatever. But it got to the point where I was like, damn it, everybody up. And I, I remember was waiting. Everyone kept looking at me like, does he have a heart? Is he gonna? Is he gonna shed a tear? And I remember I held. I remember I was holding like the some. I don't remember what it was. Not Dan. It was somebody. I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm not good. Like, I'm fine. I didn't shed a single tear. Everyone was like, ah! and I'm like, no, 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 no. You're not gonna get any tears from this kid. But um. It was tough. I remember it did hit me till probably the last day, and I was like, shit. I'm like, I'm leaving. So that was probably a little rough, um, the last day. Because I, being the, uh, I was a cold-hearted, the stone face I am, I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. And then the last day, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm leaving this shed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, jeepers <laughs> so yeah that's basically how that went <laughs> uh, and so graduation day comes your parents probably did your parents come and say hello to you before the actual ceremony or did you see them after the ceremony no they came up like the day before so i remember we okay. went to dinner the night before then uh should we go to dinner the night before? oh yeah actually it's a lot we went to dinner the night before then the day of graduation gotcha now and, like, you get dressed up, and you put on the gown and hat, and you're waiting for it to walk over. What are you feeling? 
Well, I'll tell the story of my graduation was um, the whole Ranger jersey story. So, for those of you who don't know, um, being the gi- giant diehard Ranger fan I am, uh, me, Dan, I, Seamus, Jordan Harmon, and I think a couple other people went to the shed to have a beer and a Jager bomb before graduation itself. <laughs> so, <laughs> naturally. So, uh, we're, we're watching the Ranger game. It was uh, game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Rangers were playing the Lightning. Mm-hmm. And they were up, I think, like, one nothing or two one. They were they were winning with a couple minutes left, and we had to leave to get to graduation. So we left, and the Rangers ended up winning. Because I remember I was getting updates on my, I was checking Twitter the entire time of graduation, and they ended up winning. So I was excited. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I'm sitting there next to like Dan, I, Jackie Hart's behind me, um, Seamus is with us. It's like everybody, Gabby Santos, Julie McCarthy, all these people were graduating, and uh, I remember oh Deeds Tones. So we're all sitting there, and then my mom texts me. She goes, you should bring your Ranger. Because, oh, so the lead-up is we're sitting there, and some black power uh, group leader, like, he goes through the, the curtain, and they call his name, and he unveils this big, like, black power flag. He gets a nice little ovation. So it's nice. And my mom texts me. He goes, you should do that with a Ranger jersey. So I text him back, and I go, get me your Ranger jersey. So my, one of my best friends, Andrew Vitale, is in the audience, and he had a Ranger jersey in his car. So he runs out of graduation, gets a Ranger jersey, comes back down at, like, ice level, because it was on the uh, ice the hockey arena. Right. And they call our row, and he texts me, like, right before we get up, he goes, look to your right. And I see him, and he throws me the Ranger jersey. So I snag the jersey, and I throw it in my arms, like, nobody can see it. So we're walking up to the stage, and like Dan and everyone's like, "Are you gonna, are you gonna do this? Are you gonna do this?" And I'm like, "You're damn right, I'm gonna do this." I'm like, "I'm gonna get this place hyped." <laughs> and it's all, it's still, I have it on my phone. It's all over people's Instagrams and shit like that. And uh, we get there, and we take our picture behind the stage. So I hold the jersey like in my hands, but like down like by my crotch. I smile, take my picture, and then uh, we're standing there, right, we're, like we're we're next to go, and <laughs> we walk out there, and I remember I. <laughs> except with my left, shake on my right, get my diploma, say hello to Dead Stanley. I put the diploma like um, under my arm, and I grab the Rangers, and I flam over. I'm like, let's go, Ranger! I scream, let's go, Rangers. And I get a huge ovation. <laughs> so the place goes bonkers, and I was like, oh my god, that was amazing. I was like shaking, I'm like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> so I got a huge ovation, I look back, and Dan's like crying of laughter. Because like, it's like Matt Jackson, let's go, Rangers! <gasps> and like, while the crowd's going like, Whoa! And they go, Dan I. And you don't even hear them say, Dan I. Because <laughs> yelling. So it was hysterical. I remember a bunch of people got pictures of it and sent me them, and it was really funny. So I had, that was graduation for me. That was a good memory. So, and so you walk back, you walk down, you do all the photos of everybody, you say goodbye to everybody, and you pack up the room. What is that like for you? You pack up the room, you take one last gander before you close the door and hand in the keys. Well, I actually packed up the room, what was it, like two or three days before. Well, yeah, you have to remember, I walked in the spring. Right, 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 right. right. So I packed up the room in December gotcha, with Sebastian. Gotcha, gotcha. Sebastian. But uh, to go back to that point in time, me and Sebastian, I remember, went out, bought uh, some beer, some uh, Ciroc, and uh, Ciroc. That, was, that, was, that was the sweet, that was the hangout. So I remember packing that thing up, and it was... It was so gra- it was graduation time, 
So there is nobody in Cayuga except for me and Sebastian and the RA. So there's nobody there. So we had the music cranked to a 10, and we're just blasting, like, party rock anthem, like, all these, like, hype, like, we're getting the fuck out of here. (laughs) And I don't know if you remember, oh, you don't have Snapchat, but we made, like, the most epic Snapchats, and, like, we were, like, playing out these great Snapchats and, like, us, like, being sad, like, closing time playing, like, us hugging each other. And <laughs> everybody and their mother was texting us, like, oh, my God, we're crying! Like, I remember people freaking out, like, oh, my God, Matt Jackson, Sebastian's uh, Snapchats are making me cry. Like, everybody was tweeting about it. So that was really funny. Um, but, yeah, so me and Sebastian, I remember, like, nobody got even call. We were packing up the suite, like, holy shit, like, this is it. Like, that was a big move. That was the whole, like, Holy shit! Oh, and Dan came over, and Dan was because he was still in town. He was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, it was empty. The room had nothing. Everyone was packed up in the bed, like boxes. There was like just a TV and like the chairs that we stole from the lounge in there. And it was like, "Ooh, this is getting really real." <laughs> so that um, was that. So, and you leave, and you you walk, and everything like that, and you're about to leave town and stuff like that. Do you feel accomplished? Do you feel sad? Do you feel like, all right, I'm ready for my next chapter in life? Uh, definitely all of it. Yeah, um, I remember, like, again, we went to the shed that uh, we all, like, everyone went their own separate ways, like, with their families. Me and my fam, it was me, my brother, my mom, my dad, my two grandmothers, and my cousin, and my boy Anthony came up, and Vitaly was there because he was seeing Kara at the time, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, everybody was there. Um, we all went to dinner, minus Vitaly, just fuck him. And, uh, <laughs> so we all go to dinner. And, true story, we didn't bring him. <laughs> so we all went to dinner. And then we all, the whole, like, everyone was texting each other, like, hey, what's the plan tonight? And obviously it was the shed. It was just like, what time? So slowly, like, all the families were getting to the shed and hanging out. So, like, everyone's, the shed was packed. So everyone's there hanging out. And it's like December all over again, like, when everyone was saying goodbye. But now it's, the spring, and it's like a whole nother crew of people who are now it's the people who are hugging me, saying, like, we'll miss you. Like, I'm hugging them, like, hey, we did it. Your turn to leave, like, go to the real world. So, I mean, I was already in the real world from January till May. So now I'm five months in, I'm working a new line, I'm interning with the Rangers and Stan Fischler. It's like, I already got a taste of it. I know how it is. But it's not like I'm back there, it's nostalgia. It's just I'm back there, it's like, wow, like, here's everybody, here's the shed. I'm wearing nice dress clothes to the shed. This is weird. <laughs> you know, my gown. So, like, it was nostalgia. It was saying goodbye to everybody. It was, I remember hugging Terry, and I was like, oh, my God, my bar manager. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember he, he wouldn't pour my drinks that night. He was like, no. Nah. He's like, you can make your own drinks. So I was going behind the bar, like, pouring my own beers and stuff like that. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, it was a little bit of everything. It was very nice to see everybody one last time, like, because I knew that was going to be the last time I was in a studio for a long time. And um, so it was really nice seeing everybody. I wasn't upset. Um, it was more in December when everyone was saying goodbye to me, and I was like, it was me, Sebastian, and Blaze, the ones who were leaving. So then when I was more like the center of attention, like, oh, you're leaving. Now I'm like, no, we're leaving. So it was a lot easier the second time around, I guess you can say, in May when it was like everyone was packing up their stuff and getting ready to leave. So gotcha. it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, was there one thing, like, out of Oswego, you think you should have done differently or you regret making that decision or anything like that? Uh, nah, I mean, I don't regret anything I did in Oswego. I had 
a great uh, <laughs> Maybe there's a one that I regret and her name is Taylor Thompson. But that's ah! <laughs> those who don't know, you're going to have to explain. No, I'm not getting that story right now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I'd say um, I don't regret anything from us to go. I made so many friends. Uh, so many friends in college that are lifelong friends. And um, everything I did at the TV station was amazing um being a sports production assistant for three years being people someone who people would come to you knowing they could like i'm like people know it's me like oh he's that long island asshole but like if you come to me with a question like hey man i have a question about like saying a recording or working this camera i would drop everything in a, in a hat like drop my hat in a second be like okay let me show you what to do and how you can do it and just making people better because that's what i like to do i like helping people out and make sure everyone was having a good time, confident, like I was at the TV station, even though I was stressed a lot because of all the broadcasting and responsibilities, but I handled it well. But, um, and your yeah. biggest accomplishment? If you can choose one. <clears throat> biggest accomplishment? Um, Taylor Thompson. No, not Taylor Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say just being able to connect with all the people that I did. I um, made friends with people who... I know like, guys like me and Tones would joke, like, we would be best friends in high school if we knew each other. And then this kid's like, I don't know, Brian Ruderman, he sticks out and goes, like, I would have hated you in, like, high school if I didn't know who you are now. So I know Rudy always tells me, like, I would have hated the fuck out of you. But um, I'd say the biggest accomplishment is making connections with people who, on the different spectrums, who are, like, I would have probably never been friends with if I never went to Studio Figo. Like, kids like Matt Bishop, Joe Noel, Blaze Hill... Jordan, Seamus, Dan, uh, like there's people from Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo, Australia, Madison Stafford. Like there's all these people, like other friends from Long Island that I made. Like I didn't know who Banks was. I didn't know who Lewand was before. So, right. like, these are kids who will like be at my wedding and they'll be at my funeral in 10 years. Like these are people who I know <laughs> who will be there with me the rest of my life. And um, I thank us for that. I, I made lifelong friends who would take a bullet for me, I would hope. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's the biggest accomplishment of all, making connections with... Connections and lifelong friendships with all these different people who I would have never had the chance to if it wasn't for SUNY as we go. And for those who, like... I, I may, like... I may like do a podcast with Al soon and to talk about broadcasting and stuff like that and Suffolk and stuff like that. And for some, like he may recommend some of the students who are thinking about Oswego going there. Would you recommend to go into Oswego to all the Suffolk kids or any other buddy who just happened to stumble upon this podcast? Well, I would a hundred percent suggest it if it's right for them. If some people choose, so they, people like me wanted to go into school. Like I knew that I was like, I'm going to go to Suffolk. I'm going to go away. I'm going to go conquer the broadcasting world. So, for me, it was the right choice, and I 100% would support going to Oswego. I think everything about it is great. The program, the faculty, to the people you'll meet, like, great. Everyone has the same concepts. Like, I 100% suggest Oswego, but there's some people who don't like going away. There's some people who choose, like, you know what? I really don't feel like being five and a half hours away from home. I'd like to stay local and go to Brooklyn, or I'd rather go to Hofstra, which is a mistake. (laughs) Um, So, there are are options. I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, you have to go to Oswego, but what I suggest, if someone said, like, hey, what's the path I should take, I would say you should go to Oswego. I would say that that is the best choice, clear-cut, because it's not, it's 
it's expensive, it's college, but it's not super expensive. It's a SUNY school, and you'll get the best bang for your buck if you choose SUNY SVU because it is a great place, a great school. Kids like me and you and the rest of the Suffolk crew have burned, etched the, the name Suffolk into that school that if people hear you're from Suffolk, they go, all right, that's the competition. They know how to work everything in the studio probably. like They know what they're doing. I got to make sure I'm as good as they are or better. Right. And if you could choose your favorite story when it comes to us, we go, what would it be? Oh, man. Favorite story? Oh, I sit back in my chair for this one. This is so bad. <laughs> oh, I mean, great stories. I can just rattle up a couple. It's like the time I blacked out at the frat house, um, the beer Olympics when I met Madison and I was representing Ireland. Um, Shocker. Sp- yeah. Spring break <laughs> when I went to Florida. Uh, Florida. Um, let's see. Where else? Making the um, 24-hour, 48-hour film festival with the Suffolk crew. Um, what else? Rattle off some quick stories. Um, L6 parties and all the big broadcasts, like I mentioned, like the hockey broadcasts. Um and meeting all the people I met. So there's a lot of stories that we'd be here for another two hours if I went to detail on every single story. But those are probably the big ones, I'd say, that I just rattled off. All right, all right. Do you have any last words or last things you want to say about your experiences up at school? SUNY Oswego is the bomb. You're going to meet some great people. No Suffolk crew will be ever as good as my Suffolk crew. Um, and you'll probably meet some good people, but they won't be as good as the people that I'm already working with or know through Oswego. But um, <laughs> you'll have a great time if you go to SUNY Oswego and if you go to Suffolk too, because Al Bernstein is the man, and he'll push you on the right path to achieve and be successful in the broadcasting field. And if you listen to him, you're going to go places. To this day, I always talk to Al on a weekly basis, and he's pushing me, and I'm very successful in the broadcasting world. I'm 23 years old, and I'm already a director at CBS. So I'd say if you listen to this podcast, listen to the people who know what they're talking about. Don't follow the bullshitters and the people who think he's wrong. Follow Al. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, Studio Speaker is a great place. You'll love it. And, um, yeah, I think that's the last words I think I can preach to this podcast. Very nice. Like we said, anybody who is listening and like seems unsure about Al and doesn't know what he's talking about, like Matt said, follow him and he'll not lead you wrong if you know what you want. So for those who are listening to this podcast and want to follow Matt, Matt, where can they follow you? Uh, they can add me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Matt Jackson. Um, Twitter, uh, Matt underscore Jackson 8. That's my Twitter. Um I'm constantly on my phone with emails and Twitter and texting people, not trying to sound like a sociopath who's full of himself, but constantly on my phone just with work and yeah, just a little bit. Constantly <laughs> on my phone talking to people, um, both work-wise and friend-wise. So I'm very easy to get in touch with. Very nice, very nice. And if anybody wants to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. Not Tinder, Twitter. <laughs> um, Timothy Rooney 2 that you can follow me on, um, as well as my YouTube page, Through the Lens Productions, the latest short film, Spirit of the Lake, being up there, as well as my new promo for the upcoming Halloween season for my podcasts that are coming. And there may be something else Halloween-themed in the pipeline. You may just have to wait around to October 31st to see that. 
Thank you for listening to Wizards of Oz. And I'm Timothy Rooney. With me is Matt Jackson, signing off.